You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. Wednesday the 8th of November. Well, it's good evening from me because I'm still in Melbourne, but it is good morning to Jane Mangan, who is in County Cork and is going to try and update me and you on what is going on. Uh, Jane, shall we start with the Dennis Hogan case with the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board? Where are we with that now? Well, it is due to be heard by the Referrals Committee tomorrow, but in the words of Alan Sweetman in today's Racing Post, it has taken the IHRB and age to get nowhere because three years and seven months later, the IHRB made a statement last week saying that they will not offer any evidence to the referrals committee in respect of the running and riding of Yufton. This has been a case now that has gathered a lot of rumour, a lot of whisper, a lot of speculation. We all thought this was going to be not a watershed moment, but it was going to be a heavy hitting case. So this is a big surprise. Um, I will quote their statement from what they what they what they released during the week. This is from the IHRB statement. Further to a lengthy investigation, which was interrupted for two years as a result of the COVID nineteen pandemic, a number of directions uh, hearings took place, and a full hearing of the case by the referrals committee is scheduled for this Friday. However, following the recent belated production of relevant records and reports by the respondents which has been sought by the IHRB since the initial stages of this investigation, the IHRB has decided that it does not intend to offer evidence at the hearing before the referrals committee. So, Nick, Dennis Hogan has subsequently released his own statement, saying that this statement by the IHRB is self-serving and that he intends to make his own evidence at the hearing on Friday. All right, so what do we read into this? What do you think is happening behind the scenes? I, My own interpretation of it, and everybody will have their, their views, the IHRB tried to build a case over, obviously, a prolonged period of time. They also tried to justify the length of time. I think three years and seven months is too long anyway, regardless. Um, I think their case maybe didn't stand up and they didn't feel like they had a chance of winning it. So they've basically pulled up before they hit the first fence. Um, I don't think Dennis Hogan will see it quite as simple as that because his name has been subject to a lot of news articles, a lot of whispers, a lot of uh, conjecture. So he now has his day in court to basically have his say in the argument. And what about um, the other parties in this case? What do they stand to gain or lose? I I think the IHRB, I this is a massive loss for them. I think it's embarrassing. Um, I think they, sh- they are embarrassed. They should be embarrassed by it. Um, Dennis Hogan has now the opportunity to basically clear, not just clear his name, but give his side of the story because he's been, because this has been an ongoing investigation for so long, he's been tight-lipped on the case. So now he can get his words across. And um, I, I'd say now he's got the upper hand. So let's see what ha- what transpires at the referrals committee on Friday. Um, I'm not sure we're going to get a statement or a release on Friday, but it'll be a lot quicker a hearing than what I thought would happen this time last week. I'm very surprised by this, Nick, because if you remember 
two or three weeks ago, it was almost like the IHRB were forced out of the woodwork and they had released a statement telling us that this hearing was going to be heard on a specific date because there was pressure from social media asking where was this case gone and when was it going to be heard? And they said, don't worry, it's coming up, it's coming up, 10th of November, it's going to be heard. Little did we know before the case would ever be heard before the referrals committee that the IHRB would hold their hands up and say, nothing happening here. But there's no suggestion that pressure has forced their hand without the the, the requisite um, evidential ballast for them to be able to push forward the case. No, not for a moment. No, but it, it was basically it, it was dragging on so long that people were asking, is this ever going to resurface? Um, I think they've had ample time to gather their troops, uh, their witnesses, their evidence, everything that they needed to bring a case uh, uh, to, against the defence. And um, it it hasn't happened. And I don't remember, I suppose there hasn't been too many cases of such high profile uh, means in Ireland uh, I, I, that have been, I suppose, dragged out so long. And then for it to fall apart, all the good work that I that the IHB have been doing have has come undone in this one case, and it'll really annoy them. Um, the the time of the year where the big stallion stations release their stud fees, um, uh, Dali have been out with three hundred and fifty grand for Dubawi. Judmont have been out with the same for Frankel. Coolmore stud fees have been uh, announced, and that normally tells you a little bit more about what's happening in terms of movement of stallions than just the money that they're charging for them. Uh, what might the Coolmore stud fee roster tell us about next year? Well, we were all watching you at the Breeders' Cup, Nick, and we were all watching Ryan Moore and August Rodan turn tight around that left-hand bend. And August Rodan does not feature on the Irish uh, Coolmore Ireland roster. There's 21 stallions listed he's not yet on it now i think we await a decision on his future i think we might hear about that on thursday perhaps at the carotier awards but um there are a number of new additions to the coolmore roster the antarctic uh down the bottom at six grand little big bear 27 and a half the crack two-year-old and paddington who was so good through this summer uh retires for fifty-five thousand euro Wooden Bassett goes up to a fee of €200,000, not surprising after the year that he's had, and particularly the weekend was unquestionable. And that is uh, the, the highlights of the Coolmore roster. You mentioned Darley. Well, Dubawi and Frankel, they're the two highest stallions in Europe, £350,000 for the pair of them between Judmont and Dalham Hall. Uh, too darn hot, uh, up to 65 after his solid start. And, of course, in, in Kildangan, Blue Point, up to 60, but that, that headline act in Kildangan is Night of Thunder remaining at 100. Uh, but there was a number of other um, releases from Chivley Park, Newsons Park, Sunbay, Colville, uh, leaving uh, their flagship horse Galloway at uh, €30,000. Um, so there's a lot to, to digest, but this is the time of year for breeders to make their plans, to make their mating plans. We've had all the evidence. We know how the sires have performed. We know how the unproven horses have had uh, with their sales. I know the upcoming fall sales will tell a little bit more, but this is the time of year the stud farms need to get out and uh, give the breeders an opportunity to make some decisions. 
All right, let's concentrate on action on the race course. I will be here at Flemington tomorrow for the Kennedy Oaks and then Champions Day on Saturday. I've been keeping a close eye on what's been happening back home in the UK as well uh, and very much focused on good jumping now. And Iroko made a sparkling chasing debut for JP McManus, Ollie Greenall, Josh Guerriero uh, in the novice chase at Warwick uh, yesterday. And I spoke to his trainer, his co-trainer, Ollie Greenall, who also has Jess Keel possibly in the big race at Aintree at the weekend and this is what he had to say about Oroko's performance to be honest in my heart of hearts I was worried going back to two and a half um, the way he ran at Aintree just looked like he really needed a trip but I think actually it was the right decision in the end he travelled so much better I mean even when he made his handicap debut at Weatherby um, he was sort of off the bridle in a lot lesser field so I just always had in my head that maybe he was just an out and out stayer but I think he proved yesterday that going over fences a, a lesser trip was was actually ideal for him um, and he was foot perfect I think he made a couple of mistakes but there were a couple of, ahead of him that were sort of jumping left and right which probably didn't help him but I think Warwick's a good place to go the fences come up quick they're nice big fences I think it's a good test for a novice um, and um, yeah he did it well and at the beginning of the season what were your aspirations What where did you want to land up well we obviously wanted to end up in a, in a graded race at Cheltenham um, but you know there's obviously um, you know it's a long way to there but um, you know on, and we thought three miles definitely was it was our thinking whereas now I think something like the turn is sort of two and a half is, is probably a lot more realistic for him so he's shown you a little bit more speed through the race than perhaps you'd anticipated yeah exactly um, at home he just he's so relaxed he just he doesn't seem like he's got much speed so that's why it's sort of he's probably um, sort of lulled into thinking that all he does is stay whereas actually I think I know it was soft ground yesterday and it was obviously a slow time so we're not getting ever excited but um, he's definitely you know he never hit a flat spot at all and they didn't hang about on the ground um, so yeah and I think just I think the, the sort of th- the thinking is as well, you know, going three miles too soon with a young horse in, in these top class races, you know, possibly, you know, seen it in the past has a, has a detrimental effect on them in the future. I think, you know, that's the sort of thinking behind it, you know, unless you have to go up in trip just to wait, really. And do you have any idea where he's going to go immediately? What's his next step going to be? Um, I'm not too sure really um, there's a sort of there's a, a, a middle of December there's a Cheltenham and an Ascot over two and a half um, so something like that you know um, I think it was the Dipper I think was it um, is it there I can't quite remember the date on top of my head but sort of I think there's a couple of options basically Um at Cheltenham and Ascot, two mile three at Ascot or two and a half at Cheltenham, which he, which he could go for. I mean, originally we were thinking Boxing Day, three miles Kempton, but um, I think now I've, I think we'd probably just stick at two and a half. But it all sort of depends on the type of track and the, the, and the ground conditions. I'd say could could, could you know could change our mind which way we go, but. Um, I need to speak to AP and see what see what they're thinking. Well, hugely exciting prospect nonetheless. Uh, if Aintree gets the go ahead this weekend, and it looks like it's going to be pretty heavy if it does, are you going to run Jess Keel in the in the Sefton for which he is favourite now? The race he lost by a nose last year. Yes, yes. The plan is to run. He um, 
when he was second in the beach it was pretty soft that day um, you know I don't think like many horses he doesn't want it really heavy but he, he'll definitely take his chance Alright Jane nice early marker I thought from Iroko Tony McCoy very complimentary about him should he have been? He was good. He was impressive. Uh, he kind of did what you expected him to do. Uh, progeny of Coco Rico seemed to improve for, for chasing. And he was making a mockery of his rivals with all due respect to them because he was landing off the back of fences and John O'Neill was taking him back, taking him back. He was always going a gear slower than he really wanted to be going. So that was impressive on his chase debut. I was impressed with Imagine yesterday at Fairy House in the beginner's chase to beat um I know the way you're thinking Pinkerton, Sandor Kagan. That was a really deep beginner's chase. Um, I would be surprised if some of them didn't turn up. Maybe Imagine might be tempted by the Drinmore. I think that's in four weeks. During racing at Cork last Saturday, last Sunday as well, we saw uh, Let's Be Clear About It. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, Let's Be Clear About It for Gavin Cromwell, who's enjoying such a pink patch at the moment. He's absolutely flying. That horse has now made it two from two over fences and he might be one for the Drinmore at Fairy House as well. Um, also worth mentioning this weekend is Wincanton and Nappers Hill is likely to run in a novice chase there. He's obviously such a smart hurdler for Paul Nichols. Paul Nichols is also unleashing Tamuras over fences today, but he's running in a handicap. There might only be three runners, but it's interesting off a mark of 139 uh, that they're opting to run him in a handicap. The horse that was... A little bit disappointing, I suppose, in the Supreme after winning the Tallworth. He might be another one. I think he's after a wind operation that might just improve for chasing. Uh, there's some pretty good racing this week at Clonmel uh, before we before we move on to anything else. I wouldn't normally uh, put Clonmel in the headlines, but um, they're going to attract some, some serious horses by the looks of it. Yeah, Clonmel deserve their day in the sun, and it is their big day this uh, tomorrow. I'm going there for Racing TV, the Grade 2 Clonmel Oil Chase. Uh, for the third year in a row, is only attracted four runners but it's not about numbers in this race it's about quality because three of them are 150 or higher janadil grade one winner 161 french dynamite a uh, very useful horse for rob core and mouse morris who stole the show uh, last weekend at weatherby he's rated 155 but the class act is aloho we haven't seen him for over 500 days He's the dual Ryanair chase winner. He's been so brilliant for Chivley Park. And it's wonderful to see him back in the Clonmel Oil Chase tomorrow at 2.50. And uh, half an hour earlier than that is a pair of top mares. Allegory Devassi beaten by Impervious at Cheltenham. She was a hot pot for many people there. She has to give, I think, what she have to give? She has to give £10 to Mascada. Mascada herself at Cheltenham Festival winner for Henry de Bromhead. Even though they're on identical ratings, she has to concede £10. So that's going to be a big ask for Allegory Devassi. We turn our attention then, of course, to Down Royal this Saturday, the rescheduled meeting. There was pictures circulating last week of poor Down Royal being underwater. Unfortunately, touch wood, we haven't had the same volume of rainfall, and that will hopefully make way for Jerry Colombe, Minila Indo, Envoi Allen, and perhaps one or two more to line up in their Labrooks Champion Chase on Saturday afternoon. I'm really looking forward to this because I'm going to Clamel, I'm going to Down Royal, and then all of a sudden my brain will just change gear and I'll be in winter mode. All right, then. Well, we're looking forward to this uh, Clonmel Oil chase tomorrow. Alaho making his eagerly awaited comeback. And it's a, it's an important week for Chibley Park Stud, uh, with Inspiral having won at the Breeders' Cup as well, which is where I last saw Richard Thompson. I can now speak to him now. Um, 
Richard, first of all, let, let, let's talk about the jumpers because this is what's uppermost in our mind. Uh, how excited are you about Alaho coming back and what sort of Nick's he in? I'm hearing from Willie that he's in fine vettel, uh, Nick, and uh, yeah, he's going to come back to, um, to tomorrow and uh, hasn't run for a year and a half since the Punches Down Gold Cup. Obviously had his issues last year, but, you know, very excited. I mean, he's been a great performer for us, you know, double, double ride air winner, four-time group grade one winner. So, um, yeah, really excited to see how he how he jumps and how he is. And, but, you know, Willie seems very happy with him. And uh, Willie, Willie, actually, I was interested actually early in the week. So he's still sort of saying that he feels that he's quite a quite a fast horse, and that he's probably too too quick for for, for a Gold Cup. Is did that surprise you when you heard him say that? No, no, it doesn't actually, because I've had chats with Willie over the last couple of years about Alaho, and we talked, you know, about the Gold Cup situation, and of course. You know, we are lucky enough now to have a Gold Cup in the in the locker with Uprutar. So, you know, obviously the pinnacle is to win the Gold Cup. But of course, having now won that, you know, one focuses a bit more on the reality of things in terms of Alaho's, you know, the start of running and pace, etc. And I, I get where Willie's coming from. Of course, there was a mo- there was a moment where I thought, oh, it'd be great to see him in the Gold Cup too. But I totally understand Willie's saying, you know, Cheltenham up the hill, two extra two furlongs, etc., etc. I mean, and I have to go Willie's judgment on that. Um, how's um, Aplutar doing? Yeah, Aputar, well, he had some issues, obviously, last season, as we know, had a few things, um, obviously wasn't himself he, he, when he came back for the, for the, for the bowl at Aintree, finished tired, tired, although he travelled well, he finished tired, and I think, you know, even though he'd been sort of unlucky in the Gold Cup, you know, in P and etc., but anyway, the reality was, it didn't go for him last season. I'm hearing that he's in good shape. I'm hearing that the issues are resolved. But again, we wait to see how he runs on his first time out. I mean, I don't know when that's going to be, but it'll be soon. Is there a nice introductory spot for him? Obviously, options for horses of that calibre are quite limited, but is there somewhere that you can kind of ease him into the season? Well, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, the season before, both both, um, 21 and 22 season, obviously, he started off in the Betfair chase, which you don't, I don't, I mean, even though when I spoke to Henry, there was still a chance he might run the better fair chase. I sort of feel he's not going to. Um, I sort of feel that. And I, and I feel a, a grade two or grade three will be be the way he comes back in um, to, to this season. So um, I'm not sure exactly what race that will be, but I feel, as you say, it'll be a that type of race rather than a sort of um, a fully fledged, you know, big, big grade one. And I, I see Henry's thinking of running on Violin in the, in the down Royal race. At the weekend, do you think he's stepped forward quite a bit from that comeback run at Gorham Park? Yes, I hope so. I mean, it's a bit, a bit disappointing. He has had a couple of off days over the last two or three years, as we know, and he's had a couple of on days as well. You know, he won the, we won the the um, champion chase last year, didn't he? At Down Royal, and he won the obviously won the Ryan Air. So he's had a couple of great days last year as well. But the last couple of years, he's had a couple of he's thrown in a couple of disappointing performances and I, I think you know the the, the 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 recent performance was disappointing you'd hope to see a much better performance this weekend of course um, and, and he likes the track so fingers crossed and obviously Inspiral was brilliant at the at the Breeders' Cup am I right in thinking that you, you're going to go round again with her? Absolutely we're going to give her, going to give her another shot as a five year old I mean she's still obviously as you can see loving her racing She's won three great one, three group ones on the spin. Obviously, August, Chatelamoa, October, Sun Chariot. Now she's just finished off with the in uh, San Juanita. And, and, you know, absolutely, there's not often you get a horse like in Spiral, six-time group one winner, homebred, 
Um, so yeah, the idea is to give it to, as long as the, the Gosdens are telling us that she's a, she's in good form and she is, and she continues to be in good form next year, we'll run her next next season. And is there part of you that thinks, as John Gosden did after the race, as he said, sort of rather jokingly, maybe I've been running her over the wrong trip all the time, that you know actually there's there's sort of uncharted waters to be to be navigated. I think definitely, Nick. I mean, look, she won the Phillies Mile as a two-year-old. Um, so, you you know, she's been campaigned over over eight furlongs right the way through until Saturday, of course. And it was just felt the mile might be a bit too sharp for her. And, of course, she, she breaks a little bit slowly. And, of course, the Phillies and Mare felt, felt a better choice um, and giving a crack over 10 furlongs. And she obviously, you know, in that particular race, she needed every last inch of that 10 furlongs. And But it's certainly... I think what it did is made that it, it meant that it means for next season we've got options now that there's potentially a, you know a couple of ten furlong races in the in the in the summer as we know and uh, she could be you know hopefully have a tilt at one or, one or two of those you know so definitely it's great to have the option of now running over ten furlongs but it was always uh, there was always a thought that she could run over ten but we just obviously stuck to the mile because it was tried and tested so yeah there's definitely now um, it opens up the uh, the game for next for next season. And how satisfying was that for you at the at the weekend? You know, there with your your three boys and and enjoying a, a, a really special moment. Um, did you have a sort of chance to soak it in and appreciate the significance of it? Obviously, Nick. First of all, you did very well because obviously I I, I told you my three sons' names and you remembered them. Bang, you got that. So that was a, that was impressive <laughs> because obviously in the well, moment that's always not so easy. But you're a pro, obviously. But um, no, look. I mean, that sort of moment is a pinnacle of, of flat racing, as we know. Taking a filly like her to, to California and winning that race, and you know, homebred, and you know, the, the, the journey we've been on with her, and she, you know, she's running. I think it's now she's running sort of well, must be nine nine group ones. Had one, and she won six of them. Um, maybe maybe ten group ones actually yeah six actually won six second in the couple but yeah I mean of course it's fantastic I mean I, and and luckily I'm at a stage in my life where yeah I can really really appreciate drink it in that moment and you saw me straight after the race of course I was drinking it in I was lapping it up and I was definitely you know definitely appreciating every moment knowing how difficult it is to to get a, a, a horse into, you know, have, having a horse, being involved with a horse of that sort of quality, running in the Breeders' Cup, winning actually like the way she did was just spectacular. So all of it was, and the three boys obviously just loving their first time to a Breeders' Cup, of course. And as I said, when we were talking, obviously a, bit, a little bit spoiled coming over to California for the weekend and uh, and the first run of their sort of come and see wins, you know, like that, you know. So um, marvellous, absolutely fantastic weekend. Richard Thompson there. All right, uh, turning our attentions to what's happening this weekend in the UK and Ireland and Wynne Canton sharing centre stage with uh, Down Royal and Aintree. And the Elite Hurdle features, or potentially features, a horse from a stable that is firmly on the up uh, and perhaps should be heralded rather more than it has been, that, that of James Owen. Very impressive Juvenile Hurdle winner the other day in Royal Ascot winner Burdett Road could go all the way to the top. And Too Friendly is engaged in the Elite Hurdle. I asked James whether it was the intention to run uh, Too Friendly. Um, the, the aim with, with Too Friendly was, is to be to be fair is the Greatwood Hurdle the week after. But just tracking the entries the other, um, the other day, I just thought, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot in there. So we just put him in there just to see, really. So he's not a hundred percent certain that he'll run, but he—he he was just got beat by the Nichols horse, which is going to probably be favourites. 
Um, so he'd have a chance if we do run. He's got, you know, good, he'd have a strong each way chance. Um, he's a good, good travelling horse. He's not ground dependent. Sharp track would suit him. Uh, but it'd be interesting. It'd be we'll decide tomorrow whether we go or not and is there a sense that you know you, you sort of need to be a little bit opportunistic at this time of the season you know that people are being a little bit risk averse they're worried about the weather um you've got a horse who's in great form who's been running really well who you've kept on the go and has been you know delivering for you each and every time that you kind of have to strike while the iron's hot yeah no, exactly yeah like you know four days ago i wouldn't even thought about the elite hurdle but then when, when you, you see the entries um you know he should be in there so he's in good form um and if the race cuts up you know we, we might chance our arm uh, there's a chance you've got a real one isn't there in in burdette road royal ascot winner going over hurdles as a three-year-old got an amazing profile to to, to go hurdling so yeah um no definitely yeah he was we were, he's a lovely horse i'm very very grateful to have him Lo- lovely to you know get get his first win over hurdles the other day he did a lot wrong but he still won very well. He's come out of the race great, and um, we're looking forward to running him a uh, week on Saturday at Cheltenham in the Triumph Trial. Uh, and you know, he, he's a horse who, you know, clearly of a very high level of ability on the on the flat. Um, was he was he quite naturally able when he came to you in, in terms of his kind of athleticism and his ability to school and his willingness to do it? He's, he's enjoyed it from day one, really. We, we haven't, he, after he went home, went back to the Gredlis to be gelded and he had a break. So we, we actually haven't had him back that long. Um, we've concentrated on his schooling. He's going to improve a lot, fitness and um, just experience wise from that first outing. So we, we're, um, he enjoys it. He enjoyed himself at Huntingdon. Um, I would have been worried if he wasn't keen because he's an exuberant horse and hopefully we'll, that'll um, settle down as he gets into better races. And, and I notice he's he's bred on exactly the same cross as a as a dream to share, the Cheltenham bumper winner from last year. Who'd have thought that Muharrar cross with a Galileo mare would be such a, a rich source of national hunt talent? No, exactly, yeah. There's, um, I think Tim saw that and said, right, let's, let's go this way with it and um, we're, we're excited that you know we we might have a good one here. Yeah, and it, it does sound from what you were saying as you you do think that that you could go you could go right the way with with this horse. Well, we hope so. That's the, that's you know that's why we that's why Tim Tim was doing it, and um, we, you know we 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 we've got a few more steps to get out of the way, but we're, we're hope we're, we're hope we hopefully we're going to Cheltenham in March, which would be great. And have you got a few more horses, do you think, uh, of not saying comparable ability, but at least ability to to sort of take pretty high rank this season that we've not seen out yet? We've, yeah, I've got a few more. Um, I, I ran a nice filly the other day called Love Tree. She, she just got beat for the experience in a juvenile bumper, but she, she'll come on a lot and um, she, she'll take a lot of beating next time. She, she could be one for that New Year's Day bumper at Cheltenham. And... Um, I've been sent a quite a nice uh, chaser called Grosny. So we, he could just turn into a Saturday handicap chaser. Yeah, that, that's you know we're always looking for more horses, um, but we we're keen to train some better, you know, more more horses and build the national hunt yard as, as the season goes on. Now we talk a lot in racing about making the sport 
more accessible to a wider audience. We talk a lot about syndication and we talk a lot about our commitment to diversity and inclusion. But there is one initiative here in Melbourne that is combining all of that and it's actually manifests itself uh, to a meaningful to a meaningful degree. Uh, Annie Alexander is with me now to tell you a little bit more. Annie, just t- tell us what you and your husband Archie, who, who is going to train this horse, are doing. Yeah, so we are racing a filly for the Rainbow Community, which is the LGBTQIA plus and allies community. We're racing a filly for them to create some representation for them in our industry. And by representation, I mean just showing the, the wider public, but also people in our industry, that people from that community are very welcome to get involved in racehorse ownership, but also involved in our industry to, if they want to get involved in working in our industry at any level. And it's, um, yeah, it's just about creating some representation to show that everybody is welcome to get involved. If you did this in the UK now, do you think it would get a different response to the response that you've had in Australia? I think that um, in England, it, it's the progress is being made. And I think that people are, are doing great things in terms of progress in racing in England. Um, in Australia, look, we're, we're... Does it depend where you are in the country? In Australia? Yeah. Yeah, look, I think uh, Racing Queensland are running a program to promote pride in racing, which is absolutely fantastic. And they're running it as we speak. But currently, Racing Victoria are doing absolutely nothing of of the like. They have no programs, um, you know, of that ilk. And we are the only people in Victoria doing anything to promote progress. So, yeah, absolutely. It depends on where you are. And so, have you, have you had good feedback? Have you had an expression of interest that you would get your, your syndicate shares filled up? Yeah, we've had amazing feedback. It's been, it's been really positive. We've had um, new people get in touch with us, which is really positive. Um, we actually had a girl get in touch with us a couple of months ago, a trans girl, who was really, like, loves horses and was really passionate about the racing industry and was really keen to get involved in the racing industry and it was only for seeing what we were doing with this project that she had the 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 courage to ask us for a job to get involved in the racing industry so um for me that's an absolute win that we have got a new person involved in racing that wouldn't ordinarily have had the courage to get involved um, and in terms of ownership, yeah, we've had we've had new people get get involved. But actually, in this really, we've got people involved who are not from the Rainbow community, but are just really passionate about supporting the whole concept. And um, we've got such a variety of people involved in the ownership that it's um, it's really overwhelming that uh, so many people are, are really keen to get behind it. All right, thanks for my guest today. Let's have a tip from Jane Mangan. We're off to Chipstow today to see the sea. His name is I See the Sea. He was second in a point to point at Bartme and he's only run and I like his profile. He's by Finnessy. He's running on the 425 today at Chipstow and I don't think a bumper could be beyond his realms. 
There you go. One from the Irish point field for Jane today. That was Wednesday, November the 8th. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.